one thing you crushed it with was your influencer marketing. Yeah. You like straight dominated because you weren't even charging the celebrities that you were partnering with. And you worked with some of the biggest names. How did you pull that off? So we worked with over 1,500 influencers and celebrities and like hundreds of them per day. Uh, we did like shoes for Logan Paul, Charlie D'Amelio, you name it, Ruby Rose, like Selena Gomez, whoever. Like it didn't matter who you were, we probably made you some shoes. Black Bear, I remember him sending me like an album cover and he's like, yo, you should use this on, on a shoe, it'll sell. I'm like, are you giving us the rights to <laughs> use you on our shoe? 100K, 200K profit doesn't really like impress me no more mm. and he's and not even millions all right we're back on the digital social hour i'm here with my co-host christiana hurt Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Frankie. Kiros, I can't pronounce Kiros. Kiros? Yeah. I always Kiros. butcher it. How we doing? Good, great, bro. I love Vegas, so glad to be here. Hell Thanks yeah. for having me on. Of course, man. Yeah. What you been uh, working on lately? A lot. So, I mean, obviously growing my brand, Tune in Tokyo is my number one. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working on different collaborations with like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, just getting as many licensing deals as possible. Yeah. Um, growing my coaching community too that i just started so that that's something that i'm very passionate about right now awesome let's go one by one so tuned in tokyo you've done over 10 million dollars in sales yeah you've licensed with some of the biggest brands like Yu-Gi-Oh. how are you able to get these huge licenses so tuned in tokyo we've been around since 2015 so we're eight years old which is dope bro because i've always wanted to have a 10-year run mm -hmm. and i'm almost there you know nice. i got a couple more years and We've crossed over the tens and tens of millions of dollars with Tuned in Tokyo. Uh, it is my livelihood. That's where I make all my money. And it's really dope because I started this passion at a very young age. And it kind of just like intertwined with my passion for cars and streetwear and clothing, meshed them together. And eventually, like we crushed it enough to get in front of the right people. Um, but I got the licensing deal from Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I was connected with like, Dan Fleischman and Damon John mm -hmm. oh, from Shark sure. Tank helped me get the licensing deal. But they made the connection. When people are looking for licensing, basically, the, our first one was with Yu-Gi-Oh. When people are looking for licensing, they're looking for they're looking for longevity. Mm. So when Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't just want to collaborate with any random brand, right. they want to stay consistent over time. And in order to like trend with the new kids and the new school and gen z they need to bring the classics back into hype and the mm -hmm. way they do that is through brands like us because they look at our customer base our demographics mm -hmm. are 16 to 24 so they're we're introducing the classics of Yu-Gi-Oh through our brand and because of that they're willing to do that but we had to show them like our customer list and that we actually can we built something big do you guys have any um, store accounts yeah, we do have store, store accounts. So, so we've been in a few Zoomy stores. So you do trade shows or are you No, nah, I haven't really gotten too crazy into wholesale, mm. but we've tested like Zoomies and Tillies in nice. the past. Nice. Yeah. That's dope. One thing you're phenomenal at, I don't know many people better than you, honestly, is Facebook ads. How did you get so good with those? Because your return on ad spend is the highest I've ever seen. 
in the clothing space because the clothing space is very hard to have high rows. Yeah, so like the average row as usually people get is like 2.8. I get like 7.9. Yeah. Uh, Pre iOS like 14 update, it was like 20x. I remember those. Consistent. Yeah. Um, of course, they changed it. So the, the way I do this is I've mixed hype drops, which is like releasing limited con- uh, collections to basically over expand the entire month so we'll we'll do a drop like february 5th mm-hmm. and we'll do like eighty thousand dollars on that day and i'll roll over that 80 grand throughout the entire month and that's all organic so customer list sms list mm. so when i'm launching ads on the overall 30-day span i'll have like a six or seven x because of that but the way i launch ads like versus agencies agencies try to bundle up as many campaigns and like or as many ads in like three four campaigns what i do for if you look at tune in tokyo's account i have over a hundred active campaigns mm-hmm. and they all have like 10 to 20 different ad sets in each campaign but every budget on those campaigns is 20 to 30 dollars mm-hmm. we don't really spend more than a hundred dollars per campaign unless it's like absolutely crushing but that's what that's my secret sauce is i spread my ad spend my budget throughout many campaigns yeah exactly and that's i was doing that in 2016. that's so, the, that's um just scaling horizontally basically yeah. the two dollar budget back yeah, in the day for sure. damn two bu- yeah two dollars you could do that back then for back sure. then now it yeah would be like now it's a little bit more expensive yeah that yeah. was the 2016 sauce you just you just changed with the the trends in a yeah sense. that's really dope. so it, it's it's always worked since day one like i started running ads in 2017 mm-hmm. technically i started running ads on myspace like mm. in 2008 or 9 use big cartel mm-hmm. and i used to run uh myspace ads wow. and i had a myspace bot that would auto like auto comment on people's posts back in the day follow wow. them yeah. Has Facebook ever like banned any of your ads? That's a good of question. Of course. I think anybody that's ran ads yeah. has gotten disapproved <laughs> ads, disabled accounts. Like that's part of the game. How many but merchants have you ran through? <laughs> merchants? Not a lot because I have like a really great like customer service mm-hmm. and team that mitigates chargebacks and shit like that. Like yeah. I've never drop shipped. I have mm-hmm. a different model of drop shipping, but because we take care of our customers, mm-hmm. we never had any issues with like our merchants. That's good. Yeah. Let, let's dive into drip creations because you run two eight-figure brands mm-hmm. at the same time, which is really impressive. So how did you get started with drip creations? So I got to be careful with what I say because um, I'm in a Nike lawsuit, but Uh-oh. a big one. But um, so with drip, here's I can say what I what's public already. Okay. So with drip, I started basically my business partner and I in 2019, we were talking about release or 2018, we were talking about releasing a sneaker company because I'm not the biggest shoe head, but I, I did clothing, the t-shirts, the hats and the hoodies, but I wanted to do shoes. And the reason why I wanted to do shoes is because sneakers usually cost anywhere from like seven, 70 bucks to $200. Mm. And at the time my sister was living with me and I had this casita and um one day I'm, I'm coming like home and i just start seeing a bunch of like custom clothes and shoes and i'm like what are you doing with these shoes she's like oh i'm customizing them i'm mm. painting them and doing all it was like vans at the time mm-hmm. and light bulb goes off in my head and i'm like holy f-. 
this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, I look at her Etsy account and she sold over $100,000 without even telling me. (laughs) Without even telling me, bro. That's crazy. But the reason why is because I was working like six to seven days a week, Mm. 10 hour days. So I didn't really see her. But this one time when I was actually home, I saw enough boxes to really pay attention to what the was going on. And yeah, from there on, I told my business partner with Tuned in Tokyo, yeah, I got our sneaker company. Mm. And then we started releasing customized vans. Eventually we got into like Air Force Ones and, and then we created our own sneaker. Mm. And yeah, it's till till this so day. So what did you guys use brand. the Nike silhouette? That's the, the Um part. no, we didn't use the Nike silhouette, but we used Air at first we started customizing Air Force right. Ones. So that's the reason why Nike, Nike. wasn't cool with us. So because you guys were customizing Air Force. Yeah, right? we were touching. Which my my full thing is like, well, I just bought an Aventador, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm changing the color of it and the wheels. Is Lamborghini gonna come knocking on my door because I just changed the color no, of my car? Yeah. No. So we're buying these uh, shoes retail from and like customizing. Yeah, and customizing them. Mm, so yeah. we had, I mean, we're good to go and, right. in my eyes. But I guess like. Nike but Nike's kinda, coming down on everybody right they now. They are, really. they are but, for yeah, sure. But Nike will take your. They obviously have a streetwear element to them. Nike is the biggest thief in the industry. They'll, Whoa. They'll, 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 don't they'll, make them come after me. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is, they'll look at his design, the customization, and then they'll drop a Air Force one that looks just like it. Hmm. Can you patent a shoe design? You can. You, you can, can patent they, anything. So they do have trademarks that they hmm. just like got recently, but. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I have to be careful with yeah, what I yeah. say. So I'm trying to think before I say it. But I, look, I didn't I didn't obviously didn't. I feel like I didn't do anything wrong. And I know I didn't do anything wrong. It's I just they kind of press you. They throw allegations. They accuse you and basically bleed you dry, swallow you and throw you out on the, on the street mm-hmm. with nothing. They're doing so, that with Cool Kai. Yeah. Um, and John Geiger, too. Really? I'm yeah. Yeah, who? Who, but who like else? Who? Huh? who else? Who? Omni and a hookup. Yeah, oh, Omni and a Oh, they came out. Oh, yeah, because he's using Wait, the what did he, do? he just had court today. Yeah. Wait, what did he he's do? He's like though? going to prison for like three years. Not off that, but off oh. some other. Yeah. Oh, wait, was that the scam or something? No, no, no. He's it's definitely just, a scam. <laughs> Nike, Nike's going. He got in going. trouble for other stuff, but he also got in trouble for a sneaker. Yeah, okay. N- Nike's coming after everybody for using the silhouette. So, like you said, they got some new trademark stuff okay. coming through, so it allows them to that. just come after everybody, okay. bro. Even if you yeah. change the shoe a little bit, they still they don't even care. Really? It's like, no. Nah. You probably have to change a certain percent. Well, it was like one to ten, but Nike's yeah. still like no, because they they reissued a lawsuit against Bape. Against Bape. Yeah, wow. and they allowed Bape to actually use the Air Force One silhouette, which Bape showed proof yeah. of that, and they still like nah, suing you. It was Did like they do a collab? fourteen years now yeah. that they tried to like do a collaboration oh, and. Yeah. I guess the licensing deal didn't work. Wow. But, like, I don't want to compare, like, them to what we did because what we did, we did everything correctly. We came out with our own original shoe, and we were also selling Air Force One. So it's like they actually – all they did was replicate a shoe and slapped a lightning bolt instead of the right. swoosh. It's a little different. And it's, yeah. com- like, come on. It's yeah. like spade a spade, bro. It's a <laughs> knockoff yeah. straight up. a tricky argument. Yeah. So going back to licensing – you lift you listed off a lot of heavy hitters. Why not Pokemon? Ooh. Well, we are trying to work with a mm. lot of them. It's just kind of hard to get 
them to work with us you know yeah Yeah, like there are many people like selling anime like streetwear all all these type of designs but it's one day pokemon or whoever owns that licensing Mm. is going to knock on their door and come with like a huge fat and and if they really want to they can come through with the lawsuit but they can file a complaint versus a a cease and desist so Mm. they can go straight to the point they got the money for it so what we're trying to do is we're trying to do everything legit yeah. versus trying to scheme behind certain ways yeah, because yeah. we don't want to get in trouble for it. But don't they take like what, like 30, do 50, um, 50 sometimes, maybe 60, 40? They, they take a huge No, nah, they don't. It uh, depends on your deal, but like 15% of sales, something no, crazy. Not yeah, like and they ask for an advance depending on what licensing. Like no, with no. Drip, we were talking about, okay, I almost said something, but <laughs> <laughs> with Drip, we were talking about licensing i'm not going to say which ones but we were talking about several licensing and they were taught they were asking us from anywhere of 75 to 300 grand depending on like yeah nfl is taken out of the sales no uh, it's yeah it's an advance taken Mm -hmm. out of the sales one thing you crushed it with with was your influencer marketing yeah and the you like straight dominated because you weren't even charging the celebrities that you were partnering with and you worked with some of the biggest names how did you pull that off so we worked with over 1500 influencers and celebrities and like hundreds of them per day uh we did like shoes for logan paul charlie d'amelio you name it ruby rose like selena gomez whoever like it didn't matter who you were we probably made you some shoes so very similar to your model with like jersey champs um we wanted to make them custom shoes so we asked them can we make you a custom shoe and they were totally down with it Mm. for some reason like we got big enough to where our messages were like automatically at the top of their dms probably Mm. and they read every single one but was real what was really interesting it got it became like a snowball effect eventually we had influencers and celebrities reaching out to us Mm. i remember machine gun kelly Mm -hmm and black bear messaging me personally because we weren't responding on like drip uh like yo can i get some custom shoes made and jake paul too and uh black bear i remember him sending me like an album cover and mm-hmm. he's like yo you should use this on on a shoe it'll sell I'm like are you giving us the right to <laughs> use you on our shoe <laughs> so it got to that point where it was like a very personalized um relationship versus a business deal and we were able to like sell a lot of different collaborated shoes without having to go officially through like licensing and advances i think because you had a trusted brand and you weren't really asking them to post you were just naturally just yeah definitely like we didn't ask for anything it's like very similar to what you did bro yeah do you want a pair of shoes cool i can customize anything that you want on them what's send me your logo send me a picture of your dog i got you (laughs) and eventually like when you got these pair of shoes you opened them and it was like the coolest thing ever because it's unique Mm -hmm. everyone gets t-shirts hats glasses socks but no one gets shoes and when they get shoes it's game over they automatically posted it because they love this and that's part of what my formula is of success when it comes to brand building collaboration is definitely key but it's high barrier to entry collaborative products meaning he doesn't do shoes he just does clothing i do shoes and he can't do it or i do jerseys because nobody can do jerseys mm-hmm. but i do jerseys right. so getting into that high barrier what stopped you from getting into the kid snitch 
I never thought about it. <laughs> no, we did. No, we were does. making like kids' shoes. We were getting into that, but with clothing, I never got into it. I just didn't know about it till till right now. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah like right you literally, now. you, know you so literally crazy. opened my mind <laughs> <Just> right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy because right when I did tell people, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm starting a baby line. People were saying like. Mm-hmm. What? And I'm like, yeah, kids clothes. We all start off as babies, so. Yeah, yeah like, because, you know, like, idea. the first thing that happens as a baby is you're growing. Right. So your, retu- your return customer rate is much higher. Right, right. Yeah. And siblings, you mm. want your kids to match and things like that. Wow, that's actually a good tip there because <laughs> you're right. Like, they're going to outgrow the clothes, so mm-hmm. they have to come back. Like, how many people you have again. a sister? How many people, you know, only have one child? Right. Yeah. Not yeah, to mention all his customers tip. probably have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Most people have multiple children. I, I like have multiple. siblings. Yeah. You have siblings. I was like the only only child in my town. <laughs> you don't what? have no brothers and no. Nah, everyone nothing? I knew. We had like three thousand kids in my school. I was like one of the few only childs in the whole school. Oh, wow. Yo, that's crazy. Most yeah. people do have multiple children, and at one time in your mm. life, you probably matched that sibling in one way, shape, or form. Mm. They dressed you guys the same. That's... So it became a really easy way to create a higher AOV with clothing. So I was going to ask you with the profit margins, how did you stay afloat with clothing? That's so that's easy. That's easy for me. Um, And the reason why is because my average order value on every brand that I have is over a hundred dollars because I create mystery boxes. So the reason why, and I'm not afraid to like be completely open. The reason why tune in Tokyo, my clothing brand is almost 10 years old is because we've survived off this $120 mystery box. And it's like 60% of our sales. It's a, it's 10 items for $100. So a deal that you can't refuse. And our CPA is about $20 to $30. We still make about 65% margins on the cost of good. So we're walking away with anywhere from $25 to $35 per order on those mystery boxes. So at scale, when we're selling three, four hundred of them a day, we're selling a thousand shirts a or pieces a day. Yeah, brand with mm. the lights on. So that's exactly <laughs> wow. how we did it. Yeah, I feel like the apparel space is tough. And like I just launched it my is. own jersey company, but it's for Disney people, like theme park goers. It's mm. called Park Friends. So. Mm. You kind of did it, but I did it for theme park goers. It's called yeah. Park Friends. And before I even started this brand, I knew I needed to stay over $150 average order value. So mm. I wanted to do not a mystery box, but a bundle deal. So like BOGO 50% off, buy two jerseys for $150. Right. What style jerseys? It's uh, hockey, baseball, all of them. But they're at, they're... Uh, that like the theme is for the theme park or what? Yeah, yeah. So like, if you go to Universal, like I don't know if you've ever gone to Disney, but everybody rocks you wear like shoes. yeah, you wear the shirt. exactly. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're take we're I don't know how the proper like terminology, but we're making parodies of we're getting inspired and we're making parodies of like your favorite movies of Disney and Universal. Mm. Oh, okay. And okay. you get to put your family's last name, name on the back. Yeah. So you and your favorite so number. You, the fully, fully customized. Oh, that's fire. Yeah. So that's yeah. how you're bringing in that over hundred dollar price. So high barrier to entry plus my, yeah, it's BOGO. So it's a $150 ticket and I'll pay like $30 for cost per acquisition at scale. I'm still making thirty to forty dollars per yeah, order, and I'm great. happy. How do you balance all of this? I mean, you're doing team. a lot of businesses. So I do have a team, 
Um, I have, so my money comes from Tuned in Tokyo, Life of an Outsider, which is this brand. I like that brand. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Park Friends. And then I have a master class where I make like 30 grand a year from, <laughs> which is like nothing. <laughs> <For start. laughs> which is nothing. And, it and, is pure profit. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to hit her up. You make 10 million selling so, guys. I'm new to the right, coaching right. space, but uh, I have like investments that build compound interest like over month to month. So I have that too, but the way I manage all of them is definitely like with partners in a team. Right. So I've noticed that I'm not a great, I could be a good CEO, but I'm not a great like consistent CEO. Mm. I'm really good when it comes to marketing. So if I can just be the CMO of every business, which takes about 10% of my time okay. and I'm just like st- structuring, uh, making checklists every day and I'm able to knock we everything out. love a good out. CMO. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like being a CEO. Man. They're I'm water. It's the water to the business. Yep. So what industry do you, are you curious about and want to get into and haven't just dove, dove into it yet? Uh, the coaching space is something that I'm like diving into. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I feel like I've already hit everything yeah. I wanted Except to do. Except for kids. Except for kids. <laughs> but I don't have kids yet. Mm-hmm. So when I do have kids, I'm pretty sure. Like I'm at that point where... I need to actually be passionate about what I do. It's mm. not about money or dollar signs anymore. Mm. Back in the day, it was like pre 2020. I was like really chasing revenue and money. Mm. Now I'm just like 100K, 200K profit doesn't really like impress me no more. Mm. And he's and not even million. It has to be like 10 million or more. I feel that I'm at that point where if it's not going to make 10 million or more and I'm not passionate about it, I'm not going to do it. I feel so that. like that's where I'm at. That. So do you feel like for clothing, it needs to be customized to be profitable? No, I mean, there's plenty of people. It's just you're going to have to work 10 times harder than I do to acquire a customer. At the end of the day, because everything I do is so custom and so unique, that kind of gets my foot in the door, it brings me opportunities. Like with this brand, Life of an Outsider, mm-hmm. we started this as a denim company. So I found this fashion designer, bad fashion designers. There's two guys, two partners that I have. And I told him, yo, you guys are really dope from the same city. Let's build this into like an actual brand and let me scale it. Mm-hmm. First year we do 800K with right. zero ad spend. Um, and this year, I mean, who knows what we're going to do. But Jeez. we started off as a denim company. Right. And denim is something I wanted to get into, jeans. So. Jeans is expensive. Jeans is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we're selling two hundred dollars jeans. Yeah. So my average order value again is close to two hundred dollars, and I can yeah. scale this business. Mm. It's just cut and sew, though. That's a little right. bit more difficult. Sew is expensive. It's a general, little bit more difficult. Sew, yeah. I remember when you told me about this business idea before you even started last year. Yeah, dinner, I, I and now to, you've already done a million. Dude, it's crazy. It's how pretty fast crazy. You grow these mm-hmm. things. I know. I know. <laughs> it's pretty dope, but I feel like I've hit. The underground designer, I, I've done the basic t-shirt company, the shoe space. Um, I mean, I just kind of want to like exit my businesses and then see what happens Facts. from there. Yeah. Was there a certain uh, level of wealth you hit where you're just like, wow, I'm set for life. I'm chilling. 2020 was a great year. That was like the year where I was pretty much set for life. But I realized one thing, like I can stop doing everything that I want to do right now if it was just me and my girl, but if it was, if I'm trying to take care of my parents mm. and maybe my siblings, I'm not done yet. Okay. I'm set for life for sure. But 
that's me being selfish if I say that. So right now, um, I feel like I still need some work to do. Okay. I'm not done yet. And I'm young too. Like, I mean, I'm not the youngest. I'm, I'm 31. I just turned 31. Right. But bro, I still got like another five to 10 years in me to just grind my face off. I was longer than that. Grind my, well, I don't want to like work. Too. I'm saying, so I work six days a week, 24 hours that day like the wow. moment i go to sleep to the moment i wake up even in my sleep i'm probably working <laughs> Thinking so i'm saying i'm tw yeah. it's 24 yeah. it's 24 now i'm not i may i take one day off but i don't know if i can do that after 40 you mm. know like i got i told myself i got another five years to grind my face off like i got 20 bucks in the bank account okay. after that like i'm probably gonna coast and chill but yeah up until then like i'm just I'm going to eat as healthy as possible. I'll do my best to work out wherever I can. Yeah. But majority of my time is being spent on my businesses right now. So when people ask me, like, where do you find all the time to do what you do? Well, I'm doing it full time all day, every day. Mm. And I think that if you're going to be a great entrepreneur, you have to do those things. Like there's nothing wrong with like entrepreneurs that work out, look fit and are good. But while they're at the gym, while they're watching TV, while they're watching their favorite sports game, I'm working. Mm. So I'm always going to outwork everyone. I've always outworked my business partners. I've always outworked my girl and our relationship. I've always outworked everyone. I feel that. And it's not like I'm competitive towards people because I'm actually I'm humble, but I'm just so passionate about winning yeah. that I'm willing to do whatever is necessary including outworking people mm. mamba mentality yeah it's like that cool yeah is your, yeah is your girl cool with you working you know six days a week 24 hours no no <laughs> woman is nah no woman is i mean Diana, you want to chime in here yeah like i i don't i mean you're a hardcore entrepreneur so you probably are you more lenient trips, trips yeah. together i get trips that's the thing like my man works all mm. the time but like we have date like it's a date for the whole year it's mm. a list of this is my time. And I know I always, I'm a person that has to have something to look forward to. Gotcha. Like if he didn't give me like, Hey, we're going to go out on X day or do this on X day. Yeah. We wouldn't have made it. Like mm. I have to have something to look forward to. As long as there's a date that's set aside for me that mm. I have and I can look at the calendar every single yeah. day, then I'm cool. Gotcha. But the minute you take that away, Oh no, I'm not making it to tomorrow. <laughs> I won't I feel that. Do you go on vacations at all with your girl? Yeah. Like once a year, we just got back from a <laughs> three week. A it's better than none. Yeah, it was like three weeks, so. Three weeks oh, is a three, long three time. Weeks, In yeah. Europe. How was that? It was dope, bro. I mean, it's definitely, like, inspiring. But even out there, it's kind of hard to shut off, you know? Like, I'm facts. looking at all of these different we're in the fashion capital of the world you know milan right. mm -hmm. and paris and i'm just getting all these different ideas yeah your brain is racing my yeah. brain is racing the whole <laughs> inspired time inspired by but it it's all. the same thing yeah. you take time like november and december we stayed on vacation damn near the whole two months and now we're not traveling at all we mm. just it's just work now so but I know when November comes that we'll be gone the entire month. So <laughs> I mean, but you worked the whole year for it though. Yeah. So, so it makes sense. It just makes it easy though to just yeah. set that time aside. Right. I feel that. So where can people find you at? And um uh, the best place to find me is Instagram. So at Frankie Kiroz with Q U I R R O Z. Perfect. And your brands? Uh tuned in Tokyo. You can just Google it. Uh Drip Creations with the Z at the end. Life of an Outsider, which is the brand that I'm wearing and park friends you just google all th the four and they're they're pretty big so you'll find them 
for sure. Oh, yeah. Any closing comments? Um, nah, bro. Just happy to be alive. Happy to be here. Thank God. Uh-huh. And got a jet back to California. <laughs> oh, man. I'm happy to have you, bro. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, bro. Thank you. All right, guys. Digital Social Hour. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Peace.